So when Israel is completely overrun, both north and south, first by the Assyrians and then by the Babylonians, there is a way of reading that theologically that says to the people, you've been unfaithful. That's why this judgment has come upon you. And then as my wife likes to say, deal with it. Okay, let me stop there. Questions? Um, do you think that is Israel's uh, view still today? Depends. You've got all kinds of different kinds of Jewish people today taking different views. You've got everything from very secular Jews all the way over to very, very, very Orthodox Jews. This is how the very, very, very Orthodox Jews live. Okay, this is why they take the law so literally. This is why if you fly to Israel from the United States and you happen to have a few Orthodox Jews on the plane, okay, and you, you know, and you can't sleep on the plane, and you're up early in the morning and you'll see a group of Orthodox Jews huddled over the corner of the plane, looking out the window, facing towards Jerusalem, offering prayers. Okay? They're being very Orthodox in their faithful execution of the law. There was a saying in one strand of rabbinic Judaism that said, if we will keep the Sabbath faithfully just twice, Messiah will come. Okay, that's how, that's how, literally, if you will, they viewed the, follow, the need to follow the law. But that's a very thin strand of Judaism today. But it's still there among some, some groups. Yes? The idea of all these kind of foreign nations, heathen nations, kind of, I guess, influencing Israel, this is probably why in the New Testament there's such a kind of a frustration and uh, concern about Samaritans and all these other things. Exactly right. Exactly right. That's, what I, that's the main point I'm trying to make. But nothing, but from a missiological standpoint, nothing's changed on God's end for His love for all people, but it's changed on how the community engages the nation. What's happened is, is that there is, you know, there are a peculiar set of practices that are associated with being a member of Israel, that the cultural encroachment of the nations is challenging, just its mere presence. By the way, this is not unusual, okay? This is a general religious phenomenon that we're talking about, okay? Think about all the discussions that happen in churches today, at least churches that are sensitive to these kinds of things, about the encroachment of our own generalized secular culture on our own religious practices, and you'll have an analogy. This is, this, is, this is a universal kind of problem. How do you live out your religious distinctives on the one hand and the things that you feel you are called to do that mark you out as distinct? After all, what is a holy people but a separated people? They are distinct from everybody else. And still operate in the midst of the world and engage in the midst of the world. It's always been a biblical tension. Israel was supposed to be a light to the nations. Okay, and one of the things that God gives Israel a hard time for is failing to be that. But what happened is she turned to some degree inward and, and became concerned about the pressure that was rotating around their ability to keep the law in part because of the influence of the nations around them. You're going to see this is a constant problem. And we're actually going to look at texts 
that express this. That's why you can begin to sense, sometimes this is hard to appreciate in the New Testament. You know, the New Testament spends a lot of time talking about how the new community, which is basically a Reformed Jewish community, is interacting with the nations. In its earliest days, it's basically a Reformed Jewish community. How are we interacting with the nations? And you can see the nervousness about an institution that's trying to combine Jews and Gentiles together. Okay? And this is why. Mm -hmm. um, in light of the law and how it's structured, what do you think was maybe God's more desired response for the Jews rather than this kind of insulary approach? I mean, to be a light to the nations, what, 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 uh, what, was, what was called for them to do? That is the point of the New Testament, is to work that out. Okay, so I'm, I'm not going to answer that now. We're, that's part of what the semester story and the walking through this history is about. But I want you to sense the problem. Because like I say, we tend to come at it backwards. We've, we, come at, we come at it having seen how the Christian church historically has articulated and solved this problem, and we're the products of that. Okay, what I kind of want to get you to begin to feel and sense is what is it like to have been in the middle of that transition and how, in some ways, difficult that would be given the set of circumstances that you're dealing with. I want you to appreciate the setting of Second Temple Judaism and the pressures that it's under because of what's going on. Yeah, Rob? Is it appropriate to speak of a Judaism in the Second Temple? No, and that's one of the things we're going to make clear. Is that, is that we aren't speaking, there isn't just one mindset then as there was now, there are going to be various responses to this cultural reality. You're going to have some people whose solution is, these are the cards we've been dealt, we've got to make the best of the situation and do the best we can to get along with the nations, and if that includes some cultural compromise, no problem. Okay? That group is going to end up expressing itself as the Sadducees then you're going to have different kinds of separatism that are going to argue, no, we're called to be distinct. And one group is going to say, yeah, we're going to be so distinct, we're going to move out to the desert and live in our own world. Okay, That's the Qumran community and the Essenes. Another group says, we're going to be distinct, but we're not going to withdraw. That's going to be your Pharisees. You're going to have another group that says, the solution to this is strictly political. We need to throw the bums out, okay? We need to get the nations out of here. That's going to be your zealots. Other people will say, no, you know, Rome's pretty powerful. You know, we can't beat them with our pop guns, so we're going to have to figure out a different way to do this. We're going to try and cooperate with the leadership that they give us and just plead with them to do the best they can to be kind to us as much as possible. And so they agree to be comfortable with the political setup. That'll become your Herodians. Okay, they'll be comfortable with the leadership Rome has set up. And the Sadducees will ally with them to a certain degree. So no, there's no single Judaism. There's no single solution to this. This pressure is going to produce parties and sects that represent subgroupings within Judaism. Yes, all the way back. Uh, so as far as uh, the ambivalence and hostility toward the Gentiles, 
this, uh, it seems to kind of perpetuate the problem to continue to be, to, to respond that way. Is this what Jesus reacts so strongly against in terms of the... In part, yes. That's why I said the New Testament is one answer to this problem, okay? And the coming of the Messiah is God's answer to the problem, okay? That's why, that's why Jesus drops in the middle of this, of this uh, boiling stew and melting pot situation and tries to help people deal with it. And he does it by bringing a reform movement to Judaism. He sees himself as not detached from Judaism. He sees himself as the completion of what Jews were hoping for. Okay? Again, because we're on the other side of it, and Christianity emerged out of Judaism, we tend to think of these two religions as almost completely distinct. But that's not how they were functioning when Jesus came. And that's important to appreciate about the part of the story. That's why the Jewish background of this story is so critically important. And the Jewish perspective on this story is so critically important. Yes? How much were those different sects conflict with each other. They were in all kinds of conflict with each other. They shared the same territory. They contended for the uh, attitudes of the same people. It's a little bit like asking how much are Democrats and Republicans in contact with one another. Okay? It's the same kind of cultural tension and contention going on for which way is the best way to negotiate this problem we find ourselves in. So they were very much interaction with, with one another. The Sadducees and the Pharisees had to share to some degree uh, the oversight of Judaism. Now, the Essenes withdrew. The Herodians are, are, are those who are supportive of the government. Okay, so there's all kinds of interaction going on here, which, when they band together to deal with Jesus, tells you something else about what they think about him. 